0: It's Lens, and it's officially 2020, which would make this episode 24 occurring in the second year of the podcast, (laughs) sort of, unless we need to start back from where it started, in which case we're still in the first year. But there's something about it being a new year that just makes everything feel, I don't know, new and bigger, and the fact that it's 2020, which... I have had I've been reflecting on this a lot since since New Year's Eve, um, and and ringing it in with our three kids still awake at midnight. Which this is only the second year that we've done that, but this being 2020, I mean I can remember 1990, um, which was 30 years ago. That doesn't seem possible, but I just I can remember growing up in the 90s and thinking that 2020 sounded so far away. And then I had the craziest realization that I made a time capsule. Yes, I did. I made a time capsule in the year 2000, which was the year I graduated from high school. And I could not tell you where this time capsule is right now. It's not buried. I know that much. Um, I was forward thinking enough not to bury it. But I have no idea where this time capsule ended up. And it has been on my mind since like, the clock ticked over to 1201 on January 1st, 2020 that I filled it. It was like a pre-made sort of kit type thing that you could buy. Um, I think my mom got it for me as one of like a graduation gift or something, but it was, it's kind of like a popcorn tin, just a big round tin. And in the inside it had all kinds of stuff like lists and things and questionnaires and things you could fill out. And then it had, you know, suggestions put, um, put a, uh, newspaper, um, you know, clipping, whatever, put your yearbook. I don't know. I had all of these suggestions of what to put in there and I cannot remember a single thing that I put in it. (laughs) So, um, one of my new year's resolutions or plans is to find it and do a live opening of the time capsule here on Oddly Adulting. So, um, that's, that's kind of where, how my year started was remembering that I had done a time capsule and that it was 20 years ago and feeling like, wow, this is crazy. How could I have possibly, how could 20 years have gone by so fast? But alas, it did. Also, how could a month have gone by so fast? So it has literally been one month. Um, the last published, the last date of a published podcast for me was, um, December 9th. And whoa, has a lot happened since then. Like, whoa. So I'm just gonna, this is probably going to be kind of a short, I know I say that every time maybe, or at least I used to (laughs) try to say that, but this is probably going to be kind of a short podcast, uh, because I don't have a topical, I don't, I didn't have a topical thing in mind. Normally, like I get inspired to do a particular sort of focus topic, talking point for each episode. And I don't have that for this other than, oh my gosh, it's 2020. 2020. I haven't done a podcast in a month. What in the world? What have I been doing? So I'm just going to tell you what I did on my Christmas vacation. Uh, Because um, with our homeschooling, um, with our family being a homeschooling family, there are times of the year that get insanely busy. And for our family, and I think I'm pretty sure I mentioned this before, um, that starts for us when in the middle of November, when my two oldest girls have their birthdays. So I have a set of birthday twins. My oldest and my second share the same birthday, two years apart. No, that was not planned. No, um, I did not get induced. No, I did not schedule a C-section. It was all the luck of the draw. I had the same due date with both of them. I went into labor, had them on the same day, just two years apart. So it always starts... Our holiday season off with their birthdays. Well, then the very next day is my husband's birthday, which he hasn't really. We haven't, except for the year that he turned 30, uh, he really doesn't get very, very much attention on his birthday because of the fact that two of our kids have a birthday of the day immediately before. So poor guy. He doesn't really get a lot of attention, but his birthday is the next day. And then usually the next week is Thanksgiving. But this year, Thanksgiving, um, it was such an odd way that Thanksgiving ended up being so far into the month. Um, and so we actually had a little bit of like more, more time than usual in between their birthdays and Thanksgiving, but it just, it starts with their birthdays and it just goes nonstop until new year's. And so typically with our homeschooling schedule um, the, the homeschooling program that I use or the curriculum that I use um, breaks it up into three terms And so I start our school year in September and I make it my goal to complete term one before the craziness of the holidays starts. So each term is 12 weeks. And then sometime in January, I pick back up and then I go full steam ahead, two terms and try and get us done um, by June 1st. Doesn't always happen like that. Can't say I've ever had a perfect year where it went exactly like that. But that's my goal at the beginning of every year. So that was the same goal that I had this year. Well, not only did we start with our usual crazy birthday, um, celebrations all packed into one weekend, um, my middle was turning 10 and because she has had to share a birthday with her older sister and you know how older sisters are. They're very like persuasive. Um, so every year when I start talking to them, what do you want to do for your birthday? I usually get. The oldest one being very outspoken about, I think we should do this. I think we should do this. And because my middle is such a typical middle, just go along. She's a peacemaker. She's like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. So for almost her entire life, except for her first birthday party, which I did, I did throw her her own first birthday party. She did not have to share a birthday that year. Um, she has never really gotten to like pick what they do. She's always been heavily influenced by her older sister. By the way, I discovered a new favorite flavor of tea. Totally out of the blue. Um, I never would have tried this, but my friends that I told you guys about that we do um, gift swaps, we do the favorite thing swap. We did one this December. And um, one of my swappies was Megan, and she sent tea bags from a company called Stash and the flavor is minty licorice delight. And I can promise you, I never in a thousand years would have chosen anything that said licorice on it because I think licorice is disgusting. It's the devil's candy. Okay. It doesn't even, it's not even candy. You know why they make licorice into ropes? Because you should be using it to beat someone. That's how gross licorice is. So (laughs) imagine my surprise when I dutifully tried the tea she sent me and oh my goodness, it is delicious. And it doesn't taste like licorice. Not even a little bit. It has this very sweet, um, like you don't need honey in it or anything. Minty licorice delight. So good. So anyway, that's why I'm slurping on over here. Sorry if you hear my slurp. Hold on. I hear a child lurking outside the door. Child, stop lurking. Go away. (laughs) much to um, my peril, I've been, I decided to uh, record this early because we have some plans to watch a movie later this evening. Okay. So anyway, um, December got off to a crazy start. I mean, all of the holiday season got off to a crazy start because my middle was turning 10. I wanted to let her plan her birthday party. The big 10, you know, double digits is a big deal. We make a big deal about their first birthday and their 10th birthday. And I'm sure, I'm sure that when our oldest turns 13 this year, we'll find some way to bring that, you know, make that special. But, um, so she wanted to have a movie party. She wanted to watch the new Aladdin. She wanted to have a movie party and she wanted to make root beer floats. So that was how our holiday season started was with root beer floats and the Aladdin movie, which by the way, her review of root beer floats, she had never had one before. I just want everyone to know. I bought the good vanilla ice cream, not like the cheap kind, like the good one. And then I bought individual bottles of locally bottled root beer. Okay. So this was not like just, this was not RC Cola. Okay. This was the good stuff. So after it was all over, after the party was over, I said, well, what did you think? And she said, well, that root beer float kind of let me down. <laughs> I said, really? Why? I don't know. It just wasn't anything like I imagined it was being. And I said, well, what did you imagine it was Be. She's like, I didn't really know. I just heard about root beer floats in movies and I wanted to try one. So (laughs) that was funny. I did not hurt my feelings. I thought, you know what? That's, it would be a root beer float would be weird if you'd never had one before. So anyway, um, but the birthday went well. Chris, um, had another birthday as well. He turned 38 and then we just rolled right into December. Well, all around this same time period, my sister got put into the hospital With preeclampsia, pregnant with twins, she gets put in the hospital with preeclampsia. We were hoping it would only be for a couple days, but it ended up that the doctor said, nope, you live here now and you're going to stay here until the babies are born. So that sucks. I mean, can you think of anything worse than being stuck at the hospital during the holidays? Like not getting Thanksgiving, you know, pumpkin pie, whatever, all your favorite stuff. Like I look forward to Thanksgiving every year, all year. Um, and then all of the, just all of the charming stuff about Christmas. And especially because these are her first babies, like this was going to be their last Christmas, just the two of them before the babies were born. So her whole holiday season got completely derailed. So the only thing I could think of, um, that I could do, cause she's just stuck there at the hospital, you know, um, was just to go down and visit. So I started going down and visiting once a week and I'm not this is not, I'm not saying this ironically, I'm saying this completely, this is a completely authentic, true statement. And I told her this on like the third week, um, of me going down there. She said something like, I'm really sorry. Like you don't, I don't want you to feel like you have to come down here. Like it's, it's such a, you know, it's a long drive and like, nobody wants to stay at the hospital. It's not fun. You know, don't feel like you have to come. And I said, honestly, <laughs> I've actually really been looking forward To coming today, because like I said, it was like my third trip down there. And I said, I I honestly, it's kind of helping me chill about the holidays. Like, the fact that I've made plans to leave town for the night at least once a week, um, you know, for the duration of however long you're here. Like it's kind of making me like work smarter and not harder at home. And it's giving me something to look forward to where I kind of like get, get away and get out. I'm like, so yeah, it's kind of pathetic to say, but I'm sort of viewing my trips to spend the night with you in the hospital as like a mini vacation. (laughs) That was totally what it felt like for me. I didn't even get bad sleep there. That was what was so funny. Like I slept about as well at the hospital as I would at home because you know the same sort of stuff happens at home at the hospital like people come in your room in the middle of the night ask you questions wake you up you know like somebody's making you roll over um just whatever like there's a lot of sleep interruptions that happen at home so um so i ended up doing that so m- a good a good number of days in december i got to travel down um and visit her at the hospital And so in between doing all of that, we were doing all of the other normal like Christmas stuff, putting our Christmas decorations up, going in, um, looking at Christmas lights. I'm trying to think what else we did. Like, um, like I said, we kind of, because I had this other thing going on in the background with her being at the hospital, um, I was just sort of keeping it kind of low key. So we didn't do a whole lot of over the top stuff, um, he even like piled all of our Advent. We do an Advent wreath. Um, we piled all of it into one night. We did the whole thing on Christmas Eve um, instead of doing it once a week. So I don't know. It was just like, it was kind of a different, it was busy, but in a different way. So I was spending a lot of time away from home. Hence, I completely dropped off the face of the podcast earth. Um, so then the biggest surprise came, which is that she ended up having the babies on the day after Christmas. And so... Um, Luckily, she was given enough heads heads up, enough um, notice, you know, hey, we've decided it's time, so we're going to schedule you for 7.30 a.m. on December 26th. So at the last minute, we rearranged some plans that we had um last year for our kids' big Christmas gift, well, our two older kids. For their big Christmas gift, um, we gave them a... Camping trip. Well, we all went camping. I'll explain. I'm making this more complicated than necessary. Um, we all went camping and we left on Christmas Day. And the reason that we had to leave on Christmas Day and go get settled was because on December 26th, they were starting Christmas horse camp at a um stable campground and stable about this is about two hours from here, maybe two and a half hours, um, up in The mountain, up in the Appalachians, up in the mountains. And so Chris and I enjoyed it a lot because it was kind of nice to be able to, after the whole, you know, holiday stuff, rather than it just being like over and your house is just trashed and there's, you know, stuff everywhere, piles everywhere. And then it's just like, you just kind of have like the post-holiday sads. Um, Instead of that, we had something to look forward to. Of course, they didn't know about it. It was a surprise for them but um, we really enjoyed it. So we started talking about it for this year. I was like, should we do Christmas camping again? I thought it was so fun. And he was like, well, where would you go? Where would we go? You know, we would, would we do the same thing? I said, no, I don't think so. Let's think of something else. So we are um, just a few hours drive away from the North Carolina area where they have some, uh, some skiing. Now, this is Southern snow. Okay. So it comes from a machine (laughs) and there's a very clear start to the snow and very clear into the snow. So don't get the impression that this was like a real skiing experience or real snow or anything like that. It wasn't, but it was what we could feasibly work into our holiday, um, plans. So we found a state park, um, up in Tennessee and booked reservations for the state park. And then it was just like a 30 minute drive from where, um, let's see sugar mountain. I think it was called where sugar mountain is. So we had this plan set and we had talked about, you know, if, if my sister, if something comes up and she's having the babies while we're there, I'm just going to get a rental car and I'll just leave and I'll come down and I'll, I'll go to where she is. Um, and the reason for that is like, not because she needed me there. Um, like, I sort of told her I was doing that. She didn't really good a choice, <laughs> but, um, but she was with me when I had all three of my babies and the first time was on accident. She was in college. I think she was a freshman in college and um, I you know, told her ahead of time, I was like, you know what, if you if you want to come, you know, like I'll call you when I'm in labor or whatever. And so she intended to come and just visit me, like pop into the room and say hi. But she just so happened to get there like when it was time to have the baby. And so while she was walking around in the room trying to figure out how to leave, they wheeled the big table in that holds all of the doctor's like instruments and stuff. And she sort of got like smushed into a corner, like <laughs> pinned into a corner in the room and they were like, Nope, you're here now. You get to stay So from that point on, it was a tradition. So she was with me when I had all three of my babies. And so, um, even though I knew she was going to, um, have a C-section with the twins and I wouldn't be able to go in or anything like that. I was like, I just want to be there, you know, I'll just do whatever. I'll bring you water or whatever, just bring you food, you know, adjust your sock, whatever you want me to do. So, um, as it turned out, I actually ended up leaving on, um, Christmas day in the afternoon. So Chris and the girls packed up and headed off to the camping trip. And I packed up and headed off when we went totally opposite directions. And, um, they went on their camping adventure and I went on the baby adventure. And so my two nieces were born on the 26th sometime that morning. I actually never did hear what time exactly it was, but it was sometime that morning and, um, they're doing great hoping they'll be able to come home soon. They're in perfect health. They're just early. So, um, and my sister's doing well too, but, um, so we had a different type of Christmas this year. Um, like I said, I actually really enjoyed getting to go and visit her (laughs) every week. Every time I would go, I would take like different activities for us to do. Um, and so one week I, I brought, um, air dry clay and we made Christmas ornaments for her little miniature tree. That, that her husband had brought for her room. Um, oh, the first week I went down after she had been admitted, um, we made a paper countdown chain <laughs> to all the way to December 31st. <laughs> so that every day that she was there, she could tear off a, a link on the chain and feel like, okay, I really accomplished something today. I made it one more day. I um, think, what else did we do? Um, oh, the most fun one I think was that um, I me and the girls made sugar cookies for us to decorate. And I had uh, asked a friend of mine, I I asked my online friends, pulled my online friends, what's your favorite sugar cookie recipe? And so a bunch of them shared their favorite sugar cookie recipe. Well, then one of the recipes, my friend Amelia said, and my favorite way to decorate them is you take a can of evaporated milk. So not condensed milk, evaporated milk, you pour it into a muffin tin. So I, I did it in a little mini muffin tin And then you use food coloring and you color it, and then you just paint it on the cookies, like with a little paintbrush. So, of course, I had a million and one, you know, kid art paintbrushes laying around the house. New ones, not like used ones with gross paint in them. But um, I had never tried this before, so I was like, well, this will be fun. I'll take it, and we'll decorate cookies. So, (laughs) I don't I don't know if that was gross or not <laughs> to decorate cookies in a hospital room. She wasn't sick. She was just there cuz her blood pressure was high. Um so there wasn't like any contagion situations. But I took a, a big batch of sugar cookies and we sat and painted those cookies for like probably almost 3 hours. It was so relaxing. Um and we discovered that you could you know, paint the cookies and you could do if we wanted a really dark color, you could do a bunch of different layers of the same uh, or coats of the paint color. And then you could do a clear coat, um, and it would make it shiny, or you could use the undyed milk as glue. And so, um, we even had sprinkles and all kinds of stuff. So basically I accidentally discovered my new favorite way to decorate cookies. So I'm eternally grateful to Amelia for that. We actually did do it later with, um, I did let my kids have some fun and do that. Um, we ended up having a post Christmas cookie bake with our best friends that, um, we got to do that with everybody and they all really enjoyed it. So that was a really fun discovery. Um, so I'm just putting that out there. If you are like me and you think about, you think the process of decorating Christmas cookies sounds kind of like a nightmare. Um, Like, I definitely have thought that because you buy all these millions of colors of frosting, they bloop it out, like one big bloop, and then you're trying to artfully spread it around or they dump the entire thing of um, sprinkles, you know, or whatever. I don't know. I just, it's not my favorite. It hasn't been my favorite in the past. But this method of painting them with dyed evaporated milk, 1000% better. And, And literally, like... Amelia telling me her family secret for decorating sugar cookies is the reason why someday grandma Lynn's will be able to have her grandkids over and offer to let them decorate cookies because it wasn't going to happen prior to discovering this. So I'm still super jazzed about this. Very excited that we, even in the middle of our Christmas season being kind of like totally different than ever, we discovered a new favorite tradition. So anyway, that is what we did. That is what I did on my summer vacation or my, sorry, not my summer vacation. My Christmas vacation was, um, I got, I became a twin aunt. I'm so excited. So, um, but now it's 2020 Christmas is over. I did officially, uh, take down the Christmas decorations. We actually took them down on Epiphany, which, uh, I just became a Methodist last year. Okay. Um, My family and I, we have not actually been attending institutional church for most of the last decade, but in the last year, we decided to try it again. So we ended up joining the Methodist church downtown. And um, so we learned like all year long, we were learning all of these different Methodist um, traditions that they observe that we had not observed before in prior denominations that we had been um, attending. So we found out this year this first discovery of this year was about Epiphany, which is uh, the 12th day of Christmas, which is when they say, um, I don't know if they actually believe that this is when the three kings arrived or the kings or the wise men, however whatever you want to call them. They don't know if it was three, um, but that this is when they arrived, or this is at least when they commemorate that they arrive. And that is like the official end of the Christmas season, the 12th day of Christmas it's over. So just by default, me wanting to be lazy and not put Christmas decorations away. We ended up leaving them up all the way to Epiphany, which is supposedly good luck. So we'll see. Um, with the new year comes new, mm, I don't know if I want to call them resolutions. We'll call them plans, new plans, um, or fresh starts to old plans. One of which is journaling. My husband did gift me my annual... I guess it's now my annual thing, my annual tradition, um, of giving me a journal for the next year at Christmas. So I had that ready to go. Um, full disclosure, I did not successfully journal 365 days last year, um, between the beginning of our homeschool year. So like right around the beginning of September, all the way through the end of the year with everything that happened, I had some gaps, but I did, I went back and counted. I journaled 323 days out of 365. So excited about that. I feel like, you know what, for my first year, perfection would have been the best, but I think I did well. I don't know what percentage that was. Somebody do the math and email me if you want to. But, um, obviously the goal for this year would be every day. I really want to do it every day. So, um, I have that in the works and, uh, he didn't get me any new pens though. So I need to get myself some new pens. My favorite pens are the RSVP pens in the fine Point. And I've been, um, journaling in black ink. I prefer black ink to blue ink. I don't know why. And so, yeah, if you need a new pen, try those. They're my favorite. Um, so I got to get some new pens two cuz i'm down to my last one. I used 4 pens. That's how many pens it took me. He bought me a pack of 5. Um gave me a pack of 5 pens with my journal last year and literally used them dry. I've never used a pen dry. I don't think in my entire life. Like usually I lose it before it goes dry. But um used 4 out of 5 pens. So I need another pack of pens. Um okay, so journaling is a plan for the year. Another plan for the year. Which today is day nine, and I am I am current, I am caught up. So so far it's going well. I am making a temperature blanket. So just call me grandma because every night you're going to find me in my bed um, journaling about my day, as well as doing the day's number of squares on my temperature blanket. <laughs> so the idea I crochet, I do not knit, I crochet. The idea of a temperature blanket is that you keep track of the high temperature for the day, for every day, for the whole year, and you um, crochet either a row in a, you do a row a day. Or what I'm doing is I'm doing a certain number of blocks a day because I'll explain in just a minute. I'm using sort of a different, I'm trying a different type of blanket pattern that I haven't done before. And it's, d- rose doesn't work. Um, you have to do squares. Um, but basically you have, you have your colors of yarn that correlate to the temperature, the high temperature of the day. So mine are, um, I think I have eight. Let me look at my key here. Okay. If it's in the twenties, I'm using colonial blue. The thirties is denim stripe. The forties is light blue. Fifties is green. Sixties is pale yellow. Seventies is goldfish. Eighties is soft pink. Nineties is mauve or mauve, whichever way you say that. And if it's a hundred plus, I'll be using burgundy also because the weather in the South is kind of crazy I decided, you know what, um, there's probably going to be a lot of days where I have, you know, or a lot of weeks where you have, you know, it's just nineties every day and that's going to get really boring. So what I decided to throw in there was I bought a silver or sorry, a gray spool of yarn that has a silver streak in it. And I'm going to use that on days when we have thunderstorms instead of the temperature color, I'm going to do a thunderstorm um, yarn. And then if by some miracle, uh, it manages to snow this year, I have a roll of white yarn. Um, and I'm going to mark that it snow. So that will be the only big, um, variations. I tried to do it in kind of like a ombre sort of feel. Um, and the pictures on the, on, online, I spent probably like three hours on, um, January 1st, trying to figure out what colors or what style, what pattern am I going to do? And what I decided on rather than just doing stripes, because that that's probably the traditional way is to just do a blanket that is 365 rows long, one for each day. And that would have been fine, but then I was having a hard time figuring out, well, what stitch should I use and how will I know how long it will end up? How do I, how long do I know how to make it? Like how wide should I make it depending on how long it's going to be? I couldn't seem to find any patterns that would tell me, do this stitch with this number starting chain and it'll end up this long. So I was afraid that what I would end up doing is like, I would end up crocheting some really strange, you know, like a mile long blanket that's only you know, lap size wide or something. So I was afraid it was going to turn out really terrible. So I just hunted and hunted and hunted. And I finally found a pattern called a corner to corner blanket, which I have never tried before. And what you do is you, um, instead of doing rows, you do blocks and you do them on a diagonal. So your very first block and they're all connected. So it's not like granny squares where you make all the individual granny squares and then you sew them together at the end of the year, which I did see some blankets that look like that and they were amazing, but I knew that I would fail miserably at that. So I just didn't even start. But um, this way you start in the corner and then you work your way diagonally and it ends up as a rectangle. So I'm excited for that because I haven't tried that before. Also, it has been years since I tried to crochet anything. Um, fun fact, I used to have an Etsy shop. Hold on. I got to fuss at my dog. Olive, stop. Stop it. Shh. Okay. I used to have an Etsy shop called, are you ready for this? Reap what you Sow. sew. S-E-W. Oh yeah. I was a professional crocheter or hooker as my friend Steph says, (laughs) which I love. That's hilarious to me. Um, so I used to hook for money with yarn, sell it on Etsy. And, um, I did that for a bunch of years and I really enjoyed it. But then there, there came a certain point in time where it was like, I just couldn't anymore. didn't have the time. Um, probably about the same time I started homeschooling if I hadn't guessed. So um, I really fell off the crochet wagon and I hadn't done anything crochet at all in years. So I resolved or planned to take it back up this year and to do that in the form of this temperature blanket. So I now have a note on my iPhone and every day I, at the end of the day, I look in, I open up my weather app and I see what the high was for the day and I enter it into my note and then I pull my yarn basket out and went and bought myself a basket to keep all this yarn just for this project in it. Pull my basket out, crochet my 20 blocks. In theory, if I've done it correctly, if my, uh, what is it called? If my gauge, if the gauge on my stitch is correct, I should end up with a blanket that is six feet wide by eight and a half feet long, which is a pretty huge blanket, but not like an albatross of a blanket. So I'll keep you posted. I'll show you a picture of it, I guess, maybe on the, um, maybe I'll make that the thumbnail picture for this podcast. Let's see. Other than that, um, I don't know what else I really planned for 2020 journal, uh, crochet, I guess podcast would be the third one. So I don't have a real, um, firm plan there. Just going to keep kind of doing it the way I've been doing it, keeping it kind of odd. Um, I'll probably, I was kind of thinking, I know a while back, like when I first started, I did sort of a, uh, like favorite things roundup, like what are my favorite things right now, podcast wise books. Um, so maybe I'll do something, maybe I'll do that real quick now, get that out of the way. And then we can do that like once a quarter or something, I'll check in and say what my favorite things are. Um, my brother, producer Dustin, uh, turned me on to a couple new podcasts, And the one that I have been the most consistent about listening to is called happiness podcast. And it's by a guy named, um, Dr. Robert puff. He is some kind of mental health specialist. I will get it wrong if I try and guess, but it's something like, uh, psychiatrist, psychologist, something like that. And pretty much each episode Um, They're very short, so they're super easy to consume. Like these are the ones that are, that are super easy to just get in on your way, you know, into, if you have a short drive somewhere, short drive home, short drive there, or like a a lot of times I'll put one on, I'll get in the shower because I only take like a 10 minute shower anyway. Um, And I can listen to a whole podcast because they're, they're usually between like 10 and 12 minutes long. And he pretty much just sums up, he gives like this very simple, but revelatory sage advice on happiness. Like what is, what is happiness and how do you achieve it? And it's not complicated, but it's amazing to me there. He has over two, he has several hundred episodes, like over 200 episodes. And I don't think that he has really been repetitive um, in any of the ones that I've listened to. I'm only up into, I think like episode number, let me just look real fast. Um, my brother suggested that I start at the beginning. So I did. Yeah. I'm only on like episode 15. Um, I just started listening to it in the last couple weeks. So, um, yeah, I don't recall in any of the episodes that I've listened to that he has repeated himself. So this has been a really good one. And also I, oh, my husband just walked in the door. Hey, I'm in here podcasting. I'll be out in a minute. <laughs> Um, this is the, this is the trouble with trying to do this earlier in the evening. Um, his voice, Dr. Puff. I just think it's so funny that his name is Dr. Puff because honestly, to me, his voice makes me think that he is just like walking on a cloud, like nothing gets him down. He's just floating through life. It's very soothing. It's very easy to listen to. Um, you just feel better afterwards, you're like, oh, what a breath of fresh air. <laughs> so, um, so there's that, um, e- short, short episodes, very easy to listen to. And I, I very, every time I've listened to an episode, it has gotten me thinking and I've spent, you know, the better part of that day sort of just like reflecting on it. Um, so that's a good one. Happiness. It's called happiness podcast, not the happiness podcast. There's no, the it's happiness podcast, um, with Dr. Robert, Robert Puff. Um, okay. So that's what I'm listening to. That's what I'm currently listening to. I'm currently reading. This is so 2001 of me, but I finally started the Harry Potter series. And this is because ever since my child read the entire series in fifth grade, which was last year, She's been shaming me about the fact that I haven't read Harry Potter. Why haven't you read it? It's so good. You need to read it. You're an English teacher and you never read Harry Potter. And so I just was like, I don't know. I don't really think I will like it. I mean, it's, uh, it's not really my genre. You know, she's just been right, 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 right at me. So she has the entire collection except for number two. So we had to borrow number two from her friend. Um, and so I, I started reading Harry Potter and I'm already, I'm already in book two. Okay. So I'm making good progress. It's only the 9th of January. Now I know they get longer and longer the farther you get into the series, but I have to say it is keeping my attention. I don't know if I'm going to become a Harry Potter, like, um, nerd or Harry Potter fan or I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what you would call someone who really loves Harry Potter. I don't think that's going to be me. But I am enjoying them and it is fun to be able to connect with her and understand what she's talking about now because I've been hearing about muggles and Dobby and Snape and, um, stupefy and <laughs> I think what else, all kinds of things I've been hearing all about this for over a year. So now I'm finally going to be in the know. I'm finally going to be in the cool kids club having read Harry Potter. So, uh, that's what I'm reading and I already told you what I'm drinking. Minty. L- minty licorice delight. Is that what I called it? Uh, let's see. It's right here on my, on my thing. Minty licorice delight. And then the thing that I'm eating this is what I'm going to end the show on. Okay. Um, my, when I was talking to my sister during one of my visits down to see her, I said, what do you miss the most? Like about the holiday, like not, you know, being stuck in here in the holidays. And she was like, you know what I really miss is that cranberry jalapeno dip you brought from Costco to Thanksgiving last year. And I was like, oh my gosh, that stuff was the best. So I was at Costco just the other day. First of all, I did, I did fulfill her need for that. I um, was able to get some during the month of December and I took it down to her. So she did, I did deliver her, her own tub of cranberry jalapeno dip. But when I was at Costco last week, I thought, I'm just going to look. It's probably all gone, but I'm just going to look. And you know what? There were four tubs left. And I'm proud to say I did not buy all four. I only bought one, (laughs) but I'm saving it. It has an expiration date into February. I'm saving it for our victory dance when I go down to visit her, when, um, I get to meet her babies. So I haven't gotten to meet the babies yet because they have rules about who's allowed in the NICU and aunties are not allowed. So, um, that is my victory dance, my meeting the nieces victory dance. And so if you haven't tried the cranberry jalapeno dip from Costco, be on the lookout for it next holiday season. And with that, I realize I've managed to talk 39 minutes about nothing. So that's embarrassing. And I'm probably going to um, just go ahead and sign off. I also think I hear someone standing outside the door. So that's creepy. So if you made it this far, you know what I'm going to say. I love you. too. by Kevin McLeod, winner, winner.